This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to another episode of the One Was Had a Dream podcast. As ever, my name's Lee Finch and I am going to be joined by Danny Baker. How are we, Danny? How are you today? I'm absolutely brilliant. I'm gutted about Jimmy Abdu being out of the African Nations. Have you been watching any of it? Not, not a thing of it. I think oh, it's an mate, awful tournament. Absolute circus of a competition. But You can't Abdu say that, though. Who can't? It, it might be on you. Oh, with the play, the, the, the actual competition itself, bless them, they're elite athletes and... Every single time the officials are just shambolic. Abdu got sent off, I think it was yesterday, against Cameroon. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have a goalie, so they put the left back in goal, having run out of players for COVID. And he got sent off a standing on the bloke's foot. And he got a straight red. It was like, what? And killed the whole game. Absolutely shambolic. I've only seen where the referee blew up with about five minutes to go. Oh, and then Algeria, they were just went All sorts. But Abdu got sent off after five minutes for like standing on a bloke's ankle. And I thought, oh, crikey. So, yeah, uh, no, but apart cool. from that, mate, apart from that, and the uh, I've only just warmed up from Tuesday. So, um, yeah, long may, long may the warmth continue. Nice, nice. Well, tonight we're going to be discussing the games against Burton and Ipswich. We're discussing Ollie Palmer's move to Wrexham, the deal that we received and what we think, if it's a good deal, yes or no. The football committee, if it's, uh, are they doing a good job? Uh, are they doing a bad job? Uh, we'll talk about the January transfer winner, which we'll be closing shortly. I think it's next Monday, the 31st. Was it January the 1st? I can't remember when they're closing. Five now, days left now. Five days. closing soon. And then we'll preview our massive games coming up against Shrewsbury and Cheltenham. But we do have a guest on this week, uh, and that guest is Mark Hendricks. Uh, and he joins us now. Mark, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much for asking. Yeah, I'm very well. I hope you guys are doing good. Well, you don't need to hope. You already said that you're doing very well when you agree with each other. I'm doing marvellous. Danny don't look 
well with his hair at the moment, but yeah, oh, just, he looks you know, like he slept on days, the sofa mate. for a week. They're, they're all long days, all long days. That's all. But well, you've got a little baby, right? I mean, that's what happens. Well, exactly. I mean, got a little baby. I'm worrying about the next goal that's going to be scored. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, I've got a whole host of things to worry about, but I'm not going to let it bother me. I mean, I've got a nine-year-old and a five-year-old. I'm going bald. Lee's got kids that are way older. He is bald. Yeah. You know what's going to happen, mate. Oh, of course, I was, yeah. I was bald. Be bald next year. I was bald 21 without kids. So, just the stresses of watching Wimbledon that you over know the last about, 35 right? years. Sorry? That you know about. Kids that you know about. Yeah, as I said, last week's episode, I said there could be many finches running around how's the, um, how's the memoirs from Zanti going? Nah, never, I've never been Santy, mate. Where, where, where Zanty. are we talking about? Magaluf. Magaluf. Yeah. Magaluf or, Magaluf, the music. Or, or, or it's actually, this is an actual true story. After I went there for one weekend, that's when they changed the name to Shagaloof. Oh, that's lovely. That was well, just if you were to have a film about your escapades in Magaluf, who are you claiming, are you putting in claim to fame for that, Lee? That's after one weekend I was there, mate. What can I do? So they renamed it just because of you? Pretty much, yeah. I left on an airplane and the next weekend they put, you know, one of them Hollywood signs up. That's what they did. Shagaloof. And who would play you in the film, Lee, about your weekend exploit in Magaluf? What kind of actor would you aim for? Oh, it's a tough one, this. I'd, I'd, Danny DeVito, probably. Danny DeVito. You know, little fat, little fat aim ball guy. That's what, all you got to do is aim high. That's all, isn't it? Little fat ball guy with a bit of mouth on him. <laughs> you know what I mean? But anyway, right, let's move on before... Digress. Yeah, let's move on. So I, I can't unfortunately talk too much about Burton because I decided to give it a miss on Saturday. I took my boy to watch uh, Canby Island uh, play Barking. Canby Island at the top of the table in their league. Barking are down the bottom. 2 0 Barking with five minutes to go. Canby Island ended up winning 3 2. That's what Canby Island do. You know this. It's non league football for you, mate. It was just unbelievable. Brilliant, brilliant game. Me and my boy loved it. I think yeah, I missed the ago. So uh, yeah, there was about five hundred people over there, which was Berg, all right. I, I did. My boy had one. I'm on a strict diet at the moment, getting ready for Vegas. I can see. No, boy, oh, eleven pounds I've lost. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. I can see. Cheeky. Anyway, let's talk about Burton. I don't want to go on about the case. I, I decided to give it me because I've just I don't I don't think we're going to score, and then we do score. So yeah, you I boys. think there was definite improvements, um, and I think. A little bit by little bit, there's improvements. I thought we looked much, much more dad. Did you see it, Mark? Yeah, I was. Well, yeah, we looked yeah, much I'm more not... dangerous. I thought middle of the, the second advantage, half. Was... The advantage of being abroad is that I can watch every single game, right? Because I've got ah. the iFollow pass. Being abroad, I bought the whole the whole season. Oh, lovely! Um, yeah, it's actually really affordable. It comes to about three pound a game. Um, so I can watch every home and away match throughout the whole season. So yeah, I was watching. Yeah. I watch all the matches. Uh, I'm not like George Jones, but you know, I'm I'm watching the matches. I'm not. Okay. I thought I thought we were good second half. We we kind of yeah. Second so half, the second half, half wasn't it? Yeah. Well, first half it was very much a game of both teams, a bit low on confidence, a bit yeah. testing each other out, a bit worried, don't want to make a mistake yet, can't really find the final third pass. Um, it was a bit of a much of a muchness for the first half. Pretty much, kind of the same as the, the the match before that, where we couldn't hit a barn door with a banjo. Um, and then all of a sudden in the second half, yeah, you, you're right. We, we kind of started to string some really nice passes together, get stuff going, and and um, I oversell just 
when he skied that shot, oh, beautiful yeah. layoff by Rudy. He just, his thing is, I feel like everyone's just snatching at the shots at the moment. Yeah. They aren't taking their time. They're just, they, they've got the time in the world to control the ball, pass it into the back of the net. No, 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 no. They want to absolutely thunderbolt it in. There's no point, you know, and then Oli Palmer comes along and he shows everyone how it goes. Well, that's what I was going to say. I've heard, read and what I've seen about the game is that Oli Palmer had one of his best games for us and obviously it was a smart finish. Do we boys put that down to the fact that he knew that the Wrexham scout was in the house and the last few weeks they haven't been and he, he put it on because he knew he was moving or it was his goodbye because the move happened pretty quick after, which we'll discuss later. But yeah, I, I had Oli Palmer had a really good game uh, and defensively we looked quite solid again, except yeah, for the goal. Maybe- we were decent. The challenge was they had Jefferson up front, who was absolutely quality. Like the, the yeah. best player on the pitch by a mile by was the young lad up yeah. front, wasn't he? He was dangerous. He was quick. Every time they kicked it up towards him, he had even Nightingale and Hennigan, he was absolutely like blistering past them and constantly had us on our toes. Zanev's mm-hmm. kicking again, Lee. You brought it up the other day. Struggled again. He'll struggle. He struggled on Tuesday. Um, but I think, like I said, we kind of changed formation a bit in the, in the sort of second half of the second half. Asal came and started being really, really busy. Um, and and it, like I said, it was a really, really good finish. Just so annoying. I don't know what you thought, Mark, about the goal we conceded. Just so the goal, the goal we conceded us, was so weak because the guy ran, the guy who laid it off eventually, I forget his name, but he ran three quarters of the pitch. Yeah. Un, unchallenged. Okay, there were a few nice little tricks in there where he lifted the, lifted the ball above a a trailing leg, so to speak, to get past and, and whatnot. Hats off to him. He did really well. He did really well by running that length of the pitch. But I tell you what, if you would have carried on running and just running, you know, like computer games of old where you could just get the ball, like on the Game Boy of sensible soccer, you'd have the ball on the, on the player's <laughs> foot and you would just run around the whole team, just everywhere. He could have done that to us. And then he would have just walked the ball into the net. No one wanted to challenge him because I think everyone was just scared of getting a yellow card. Don't get it. Just get yourself. Hack him down, for Christ's sakes. Mark, do you think the point was fair? The Burton point? Overall? Yeah. Do you think we deserve that point? Before I answer that, can I answer Lee's question about whether whether Palmer kind of had that one eye on on the scout being in there? I don't know. I think the, the deal was pretty much done by then. Um, so I think it was half Ollie wanting to wish us well, send us off in good stead. You know what I mean? Mm. And if you watch the post-match interview with Rob Cornell, he was so desperately disappointed that there wasn't three points that he didn't give us the three points to say goodbye. That, that's one of the points I got from that is that he he was he, you look at the interview and he was literally got he was in there and he was he, he didn't I think he chose his words quite quite well but I just I was he was disappointed I think as well as the the Wimbledon way as I said I always say I'm old school Wimbledon fan is that that guy would have been finished on the halfway line there's no way he would have got near our box let alone no, Vinnie Jones would have hacked him line. down so hard. And he goes through three or four players. McCormick should have got, got him down. And it was really disappointing. I know we've got to be nice and it's Wimbledon and a nice Wimbledon now. But it's just tactical fouls. I, I don't like seeing people get yellow cards for stupid fouls or stuff they, they can kind of don't have to do. But that's a foul. You take him out, he don't score. Uh, do you know what I mean? It's just ridiculous that we did not take him out and stop, the, stop him from scoring a goal. And other than that, I don't think they had too many 
clear-cut chances. But, yeah, it's just stupid from us that we don't stop him from scoring that goal. I mean, I think we're worth the draw, personally. I think they, I think of the two sides, if you had to pick one, I think Burton, you would have probably shaved it. But I think we, we were obviously disappointed not to come away with three. But I felt, I don't know what you thought, Mark, but I thought we were worth the point. I don't know. I, I, I've got that bitter taste in my mouth because, again, what Lee was saying, Wimbledon of old, you would have, we would have just hacked him down because everyone would have sensed this guy's going to do a run. He's going to he's going to take it to the byline, cut it back, and they're going to score. Um, I was I was disappointed on that front because up until then we were solid defensively. We we yeah. didn't do too much wrong. Um, they had a couple of half chances, I'd say. Um, look, a point is better than none. Let's all agree on that, right? It's just naive again, though, isn't it? It's just another example of us showing our naivety. That will always they... be the case with such a young squad. Well, that's that. that that's that's the case in question. It's sort of that I, we I... haven't whether we've got the balance right. I mean, we'll talk about it later. But it's just another example. If you were to look at a dossier and look at the failings or the successes of the year, naivety is going to be massive on that list of silly little errors that don't need to be done and like you said for a guy who of limited ability to go to all the way up to the penalty area and roll it back for a guy to tap it in i mean that's just madness it's amateur and stuff then it's amateur of football it is. it's ridiculous but if we move on say we move on talk about it's uh because we talk about naivety again and 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 one of the things i saw about night uh it's which i thought is a very good performance I thought we played well uh i thought it was uh I, I, we've given him a little bit of stick uh, I thought it was Ethan Chislett's best game in a women's shirt. Uh, I, I saw he came off, but I don't know what. Was he injured or yeah, was it? Yeah, no, he yeah it looked like he was in. injured. Yeah. I, 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 well, yeah, on the cameras, it didn't look like he was injured. I yeah, think he, he was just out of half. He got a knock but, and went down for a while. And then he got to the point where they're like, right, we'll just we'll, we'll freshen him up. But it's which have two shots on target and they score both goals. Yeah, I mean, we we got to start having shots. Like, I thought, I thought Robbo's interview really frustrated me after the game. Where he said that it was like a four-two-two-two, which I disagree with. We looked like we had one up front first half. We looked like we had Cosgrove up front on his own. Uh, Assal was nowhere to be near him and kept getting dragged out wide and stuff. I thought Assal was very poor first half against Ipswich. Second half, I think he came out. I think he uh, started putting his game onto Ipswich, which they couldn't really deal with, and he looked better. Rudy done really well, and I thought Dan Shoker again. Looked really good again for us. I George Marsh for me was the man of the match by Country Mark. He I, he was he was picking passes that okay he didn't do the the crossfield passes that Hartigan normally does, but he was picking out. I, I I said to Stuart as well, you know that guy could pass a ball in in the in the crack of a gnat's ass. He would he would you know there were a couple of points where he had the ball and and I would be looking at the you know because I've got the camera view. And he would have two players darting towards him from either side from three o'clock and one o'clock, so to speak. And he would pass in the absolute last second right between them. And I'd be going, my heart would be going, Jesus Christ, don't, don't, don't give the ball away that. But no, he nailed that pass every bloody time. With Mark, for him, you... go on. Sorry, sorry, Mark, carry on. No, for, for him to achieve that, I thought, you know what, that guy's got actually, he's a young lad, but he's got a future in front of him. Do you see Marsh as like a a Hartigan type player or a Woodyard type player? I would say exactly half, half. Yeah, half I was going to say he's got a bit of both. I also okay. was going to say I don't think we miss Woodyard at all in the centre midfield. 
don't think we missed him. I don't think. I think a, McCormick McCormick did a really good job actually being in the holding defense, uh, holding midfielder role to start with. I was I wasn't I wasn't expecting him to do so well. Well, I, I did because with McCormick, he's got that bit of skill, so he can get you out of trouble. He's got the passing ability. He's got the uh, range to go forward with the ball as well. Uh, talking about George Marsh again, what I love about George Marsh is that he's everywhere. He's he's got so much energy that he can get all across the pitch, so we don't get caught out. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about previewing games later about formations and stuff, but I'd like us to change our formation, but we keep saying it, we never do. Again, another frustrating thing with regards to our formation is we never changed anything over the last, what, four games? We've had four games in two weeks. We've got another two games coming up in next week. We don't seem to be changing anything. And as Would said, you rather we go back to 3-5-2? Yes. But as I said, we'll, we'll discuss our formations later at the, at the, uh, when we preview our games coming up. But I th- when, well, I'll talk about the three-five-two later, Mark. But I think when you listen to the players that we've got and how we'll play with it, it, it does suit us. I just get frustrated that we're not changing anything, and we also, as I said, Robbo's interview when he said we 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 tried two up front, which I don't think we did. Don't look like at all that we had two up front. I thought Cosgrave, I felt a bit sorry for him playing up front on his own. Massively worked hard, but he just like another. He was he was chasing ghosts. Yeah, just just completely isolated, and and I thought. I'm getting to the opinion of a Sal, and I do like a Sal, but I think he's much better off the ball than he is on it. He's so much better at harassing, harassing, nicking the ball, give it to someone. You give him a ball on a one-on-one, I don't back him, but nicking the ball, 100%. Got to give credit where credit's due, though. Cosgrave, when he did that accidental handball and gave away a free and then he turned around and he thumped that shot against the post. That almost looked like it was going to go in in the first half. Yeah. That, that, a lot of people have forgotten about already. Yeah. And that I watched that thumb a good three, four times on on because I can on, on the iFollow I can I can press rewind 10 seconds. Okay. All right. Uh, that ball was traveling. So yeah, I think I don't know, give him half a chance, he'll bust. I, I agree. I, 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 I think the key with that, Mark, is in order to give him half a chance, we've got to give him a bit of service, we've got to give him a bit of support. Yeah. And not leave him so completely and utterly isolated at the top against, again, a, a decent Ipswich team. And again, looking at the players that were on the bench and looking at ours, we're just, to be honest as well, as we both know, Ipswich isn't the game that we, you know, that, that's not the fish that we need to fry. We know that. And it, they were, I think they were full value. I don't think we played as well as what a lot of people have been saying. I think lots of industry, lots of hard work, lots of effort. But again, passing back to the goalie, it looks like he's not got a huge amount of confidence. We haven't. We didn't press them particularly well. I didn't think in terms of their getting out of defence as opposed to us. We just couldn't get out. And when we, we had a period where we knocked seven or eight passes, we looked great, and then we gave the ball away twenty-five yards out, middle of the goal, and they they were just a lot more calm. And I thought I thought the score was fair. I don't. I, I think there is a subtle improvement definitely over the course of from the Boreham Wood game. Each game we've looked a little bit better, but. I'm normally about let's play well and the result will come. I think uh, uh, we'll come to it. We just need some points now. We we just look so blunt up front though at the moment. And I, going back to the Cosgrove points is I think he's going to be. I think he will come good for us. I think he's a natural finisher. And if he had got that chance, as you said, Mark, around the box, I think that goes in. He's a bit far out. He just hits it. I think he knows it hits his hand, and uh, he just has a go. Uh, but I think around the box, I think he'll score goals, but he's not going to do it on his own as a person that's never played in League One before. I don't think he's ever played football league before. No. We just need to give him someone else to help him, and hopefully a new striker coming in. 
which again we'll talk about later. Hopefully that will help. And with him and El Tell coming off the bench again, Dan, we've talked about it before. We've got three loans sitting on the bench. Not one of them, like Thomas, has come in what two weeks ago. Yeah, like, but not, to be fair, he had a knock. Yet. Right, he got a knock in the first training session. Wasn't able to play until this was the first time he's really been able uh, available to play. It's, it's still mad to me that we have three loans sitting on the bench that are not getting on into our first team when we're not scoring goals. We don't look like scoring goals either. Well, I mean, yeah, but the three loans that we've got on the bench, I mean, really, do you, I mean, Thomas, we don't know anything about. We haven't seen him play. We haven't, all we've heard is the semi-scouting reports, I mean, from under-23s and everything like that. You can't compare under-23s to men's football. No. So we, we, we're only going off quasi-hearsay. Um, with Terry, I don't know... Uh, I mean, he's, again, under-23s. We've seen a couple of his finishes and whatnot in the under-23s. Again, this is men's football. He's got perhaps an exciting future ahead of us, ahead of him. And that's why he's come to us in League One rather than going to a League Two team. Great. Let's let's give him a shot. But who's the third? Mabudi. Oh, God. Yeah, I forgot about I that. Mabudi. And that, that, actually, that actually strikes worry into me that I forgot about him. But that's what I mean. Like all the loans have been. Have, that's I what mean, we're saying. Bless them. All, from a, a loan perspective, I, I don't know. I know we we sort of changed the culture of it, but the five loans have been a real worry. I mean, the loans should really be your little sprinkling of gold dust. Your your better players, your guys who are coming from a, another club to add value, all that real young sort of shining light. And it was just been. I, I don't know another club in the league who haven't got one loan player who is in their squad who would get in their first team. We haven't got one. I mean, Lawrence, I like, but we spoke about that before. He's just not getting a game. And I don't really know. It, it just seems like a complete waste. We've got all these guys who've gone out on loan. We've got these other young guys who are not even getting on the pitch. I, d I don't, if they're not good enough, let's get some new ones. And why? We, I don't know what we're doing, really. Let me quickly ask, so wouldn't you say, though, that, that actually all our current loans are possibly the victims of the success of the previous loans that we've had? Look no. at Marcus Force. Look but, at Marcus Force. Look at Ramsdale. Look at Oxanen. Um, you know, we, we take those, those successful loans. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we're getting other loans in and aren't the fan base kind of going, shouldn't they be reaching those heights as well? Let's, I think we should, let's wrap this conference because obviously we're going to be coming on to okay. the transfers, Oli Palmer, like, and then we can discuss the loans. That, this was all okay. back. They, my point was about free loans on our bench get it switch again they don't get on we don't score again we i think we had two shots which came in the last 20 30 minutes of a game so i mean I, we didn't have one shot in the first half on target so if we move neither on neither did they neither did they no but we need to win games and we, and i find it frustrating that and they scored saying, and they scored two goals from counter attacks whilst we were pressing and had all the space in the world, and Nesta Guinness Walker had two people to defend against on his own. It's, to, for want of a better word, pretty crap. It's a but shame it, that it happened like that, but it happened. And that's what will happen against teams, especially with the quality of Ipswich. And Jesus Christ, I mean, how they're not banging on, 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 on first place and second place in the league, I don't know, with the squad they've got. Because they're not that good of a side. They're, they're, they're not, I, I, I'm very frustrated that we've We've got turned over by a team like it's which we had two shots, scored two goals. I didn't think they were that great. 
Again, the other week, Portsmouth. I thought Portsmouth were an awful team and they're spending fortunes. I just That's what's frustrating me at the moment with regards to our results. But boys, I think we'll move on. Uh, and when we come back, we'll discuss uh, Oli Palmer's move to Wrexham, uh, the loans and the January transfer window and the football committee. Are the football committee doing a good enough job? The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. Welcome back, and we're going to be discussing Ollie Palmer's uh, move to Wrexham. We're going to be discussing the football committee. Are they doing a good job? The uh, transfer window's closing, so are we bringing in anyone else? I think, well, obviously, we're going to have to. So, who do we think is going to bring in any rumours? And we'll probably talk about our loans again, which is always very interesting. Uh, so, boys, I'll start us off with Oli Palmer. Uh, a really weird one for me is that we announced it and Wrexham uh, put it under undisclosed, but we announced the fee, which I find very strange. I wish we hadn't. People always moan, oh, we never announced the fees. I wish we didn't, because now people know that we got 300 grand. They also know that we've got a huge debt, so they're going to try and get a little... I know we're not Newcastle, and they know, oh, yeah, no, they're sitting on fortunes. No. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? They know we've got 300 grand now, and if we want to play out... I think it's a good move for both parties, to be fair. I think we're getting 300 grand for a 30-year-old who's been injury-prone since he signed for us. Uh, he's got three goals from... Uh, league goals from, what's it called? Open, open play. play. Open play goals. Uh, so I think 300 grand for a striker in January. If we can get a better striker in, which I think we can, then I think it's great business. Ooh, I don't know about that. Mark, was he worth, what do you reckon, 300k? Happy with that for Palmer? Uh, January, January prices are always inflated. We know that. Um, so, Wrexham, they've got cash to burn. Good on them. The interview with Ollie um, on the Wrexham channel, I don't know if you guys saw it. No. He really, really sounded downbeat about it, actually. In his heart of hearts, he was kind of a bit upset that it came to this conclusion. But then Joe Palmer, other people have also said, you know, they've put it, given him a wage that we would never have been able to match. Hmm. They've offered us money that for the, the, the 300,000. I think that's for us, isn't that a record now for income for, for a player? No, you Civic know, was a bit more, I think. I, think he was I thought Civic more. was 240. No, I the problem with Civic was more than that. Problem with Toby Civic fee is that it was, and that's when it was undisclosed. I, I think you can get it through the, the figures and oh, stuff, right, okay. the, the accounts, obviously, it'd be in there. But I, I thought it was more than Oli Pike. No, I, swore, I swore it was 240, but you know, I'll, I'll be happily corrected. But point is, 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 is that's a good fee. I mean, at first, we always heard, you know, it's about 180 grand. And I don't know if you guys, I, I don't know if it was on your on your podcast in the past where you were debating is 180 worth it. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, last week. And I can't remember what you guys answered, but if someone offered you 300 grand for him, would you take it? <laughs> Hell yeah. I right. said 250, I'd take 250. Jamie said 180. And what was you, Danny? I just said, I just said you can't sell him unless you replace him. Yeah. There's no point selling him unless you're going to get someone else in to replace yeah. him because the amount of money we'll lose by getting relegated, which we will do if we don't replace him, um, it doesn't work out but it is worrying that it's the first year that there's a guy on Twitter who's I don't know what his name is but I, I sort of comment on, on his feed it's the first year where we haven't really got a talisman sort of striker 
We've always had a pigger, a tailor, an Akinfemur, or a, or a Jack Mitchell, or whoever you like. And it's the yep. first year where it's like, okay, we're in the we're in the doggy doodah without a, a real player who's going to actually score you ten goals potentially. And and without that, I think we're we're really really going to struggle. Which so is that, the reason why I wouldn't have sold him. But so, I don't think we'd have much choice because the amount of money he was offered and three hundred thousand for him, he's not worth that. But he is to us if we don't stay up. So I, I find it strange again because uh, I, I got told Ollie Palmer didn't want to leave. He was happy. His family is staying in. Staying yeah, in his, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but in his interview, he actually said he believed that Wimbledon would be the place that he would retire in. Well, yeah, he's got links to his, his, his uncle played for Wimbledon, I think it was. He's got family, he's got friends that support Wimbledon. They grew up down the road. His family are going to stay in Banstead, I believe. I've got friends who live, I've got a friend who lives on the same road as him and speaks to Ollie quite a lot. Friends speak to Ollie quite a lot. That's how I know that he, he threw a sickie for the Arsenal game, is because he told him. But uh, we've, he didn't want to leave, apparently. But then we get told by our chairman that it was, it was Ollie's decision to leave. But then I think, I thought that was a bit, I thought that was a bit. Bad taste from Joe Palmer to say that Ollie's it was Ollie's decision to leave because trying to turn it around because one we needed the money. I think it was the case. I think it was the case, Lee. Yeah, but, let's let but no, put, come put, on. put yourself put yourself into Ollie Palmer. This is what I was right. just about to say. If okay, you're going to be offered mad amount of money, he's probably off, been offered a signing on fee, which probably you could equate from anything from ten grand up to hundred grand with Wrexham. You never know. He's probably doubled his money, probably tripled his money. And it's a million pound gig, isn't it? Three and a half he, years, a million pound, I reckon. He can go out there, even if he only plays up there a year, get some promoted, don't do anything else up there. They then cost have to living, Cost of living up there is much lower as well. Definitely. Not if his family is staying in Banstead, he's still going to have to rent up there and stuff like that. And he, and I know it's going to be cheaper. He's house on the market. So, you know, if, if that's the case, then, then, then if he's going to move him up there, and he's got much lower, he's going he's to be set for life. I just don't think our chairman needs to say that it was Ollie's decision. Just say, look, we sold him. We wish him all the best. He's now made. He's now. But he'd be damned done. if he does. If he damned if he doesn't. You know, if if, if, if Joe Palmer didn't say that, I'm sure you would be turning around, going, you know, why didn't he say anything about why the weather? Or someone would have said something. No, because we'd have just gone on the the bandwagon. On we it. know the reason why we've accepted that bill is that three hundred quid, uh, three hundred quid, three hundred grand is a hell of a lot of money with a club in two point what four point five million pounds worth of debt. I think we'd accept three hundred grand for most of our players at the moment. Because we've got to pay a debt that needs to be paid as soon as possible, which what in the next month or next three weeks? Don't worry, Plough Bond is doing really well. But <laughs> but I just think that we don't need to be saying it was Ollie's decision that kind of then puts a bad taste on it. I, again, I'm happy that Ollie's. I, I I don't think he's done really well for us. I like him as a person. He came on here. He's brilliant. I just don't think as a footballer he's he's pulled up any trees for us. But if he's worth 300 grand of doing not that much for us, that means uh, Rudy can go for a mil and a half. I'd love to take a million for Rudy now, to be fair. I think he's playing brilliant, but, but it's, all, it's, really? all, it's all relative, though, guys, on the fact that it's all you know, the, the values is a, is a double headed coin. Yeah, he's not worth 300 grand, but you've got to replace him. That's a fact. You have to replace yeah. him, and ultimately. Yeah. If if there is nobody in the market who is any good at three hundred grand, then then he's cheap because it's not just his quality. And again, if we don't have a forward that comes in who can do half of his job when he was good, and you don't replace him and we get relegated, it'll be a lot more than three hundred grand. So it's kind of yes, from a, a single viewpoint, is he worth three hundred grand as a football player? No. When you add the relegation 
the lack of goals, the form, the lack of experience, the lack of opportunity, five days to get a replacement. Now, all of a sudden, when you put that into the bigger picture, I know we'll, we'll talk later about links with other players, but we've got five days to find ourselves, not just a forward, but a forward who is going to be old enough to give us some experience because we've got none, who's big enough with the shoulders to lead a League One team in a relegation dodge, dogfight. That, that's tough. And 300 grand, is that, is that enough to, to, to guarantee it? I don't know. So well, Lee, 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 sorry, Lee. If go on, may, go on, Mark. You, yeah. you said you said you'd take a mill for Jack Rudoni right now. Imagine we did. I mean, for the next what two, three games, we'd be absolutely shafted. No, because yeah, we would be because we'd need to find a replacement with that kind of money. We don't want to overspend. We've got the debt to pay on the on the stadium we're going to be put into a situation where one of our most creative midfielders will be gone. Who do we get in? Who who would be the substitute that you would put in? Chislet? I, I again I disagree we would be shafted. I think if Rudy went if Rudy went instead of Palmer or it's say No both no 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 sorry I didn't gone. say that. I didn't say both of them are of, gone. If both of them are gone I still think and with Woodyard being out injured for a month. I think Rodoni can be replaced. I think Rodoni can be replaced. We've got Mabudi, we've got Thomas. I know you were saying earlier, we were saying they're under 23 players. Don't know what they've done. Rudy's come from under 23s himself. He's, he's established himself as a first team, League One first team footballer. Losing Oli Palmer for me is more important than losing Rudy. I think we could replace Rodoni. I still think we're going to, we'll be fine. I think we could, we could get a loan for Rodoni if, I, I, hopefully we won't lose him because again, I agree with what you're saying. He's one of our most creative players. He is, he is playing really well. But I think if Rodoni was to leave for a million pounds tomorrow, I'd snap, I'd snap his hands off. I'd snap Asal's hands off for a million pounds. A million pounds for any of our players is huge, huge money. Would get us out of a hell of a lot of debt. And I think we would be able to survive. Do you... Uh, two questions to you two uh, regarding the Oli Palmer thing is, do we stay up now or are we going down? Absolutely no idea. But no, I think we're okay. I think you're gonna. I don't. I don't see us staying up unless you get a replacement forward. I, I, I see us I staying up even if we don't get a replacement. That, that's. I, just, that's I, so... I can't see. Cosgrave is not going to keep us up as goal scores. Neither, unless we change the way we play. Cosgrave is not going to keep us up with goals. Ablade is not going to keep us up with goals, and the aggregate goals of Rodoni, who is playing wider and wider. Asal, who is, is, unless it's on the plate, doesn't necessarily score big goals. McCormick, the set pieces. The whole point was the aggregate of Piggott was to be made up with everybody else. Plus, now we've got to make up Palmer's goals from last year. I, I, I can't... I, I think you're right, Mark. I think we are, as individuals, I think we're better. But again, we go back to the whole thing. Are we good enough to stay up or are we just better than four crap teams? Well, yeah, that's my. That was going to be exactly my point. I mean, if you look at <laughs> if you look, if you look at the bottom four at the moment, Doncaster and Gillingham are bottom. Awful teams. They're gone. Let's let's kind of put it down. I mean, uh, it. I they are they are atrocious. So, are you guys saying that we are the worst, or, or certainly one of two of the worst of the bunch of Crew, Morecambe, Fleetwood, and Cheltenham, possibly even Shrewsbury? Do you reckon we would be one of the two uh, out of out of those to go at, down? At the moment, so. at the moment, yes, because the other teams are scoring goals and they're picking up points. We were what three, four points ahead of Morecambe, 
with three games in hand, I think it was. We're now one point ahead of Morecambe with only one game in hand. Yeah, that's 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 terrible. And, and the form we're currently on, I think we've won three games in nineteen. That is that is relegation form. How, it's however, the worst you look attack it. in the country, literally we've, on statistics. Yeah, we've this is stats. These these are stats. These are facts and stats that you can't you can't overlook no, just right. because you think we've we've got creative it's, players. Looking at McCormack, he scored four goals this season. You expect a few more from him. Though. It's not a sprint. I mean, that's the thing, is the rest of the teams, they seem to be sprinting a little bit and then just dropping off. I yeah, mean, we, look at Morecambe. They had that freak 3-2 result against Wickham, right? And that that that's what actually created the, the, the points difference to, to, to go from, from four points to, to the one. Yeah. But we've still got that one game in hand. Um. I don't know. I, I honestly believe that there are four more worse off teams than, than we are that are going to drop down. I think we're going to get through by the skin of our teeth again. But the thing is, Mike, you say that freak result, that's three points that they freakily picked up that we don't get freak results. We drew with Portsmouth. We don't beat Ipswich. Do you know what I mean? We go out to Burton and you think, oh, and then we, we let in a stupid goal and draw one all. And that's the thing, we're not getting them freak results. And with Volley Palmer going now, as I, said, I agree with Danny, is we got to now replace his goals from like like he scored what ten goals last season? I can't remember how many. No idea up how many. But yeah, he scored goals last year that kept us up. We've got no one. We're not scoring goals at all at the moment. We scored one goal in the last what six games. It's it's just terrible form that we're on currently. Lincoln away, one nil. That for me was a freak result. Yeah, but that, not see. I didn't see that coming. I, yeah, but you look at the league table now and you probably think, well, that ain't a freak result because Lincoln are struggling. They've just had to buy Marquise. They've just had to go to Portsmouth and get Marquise to come in to try that, and save their sorry, season. On your point here, Lee, this is the other big difference. Lincoln are struggling. They go and buy a decent striker. Doncaster in the crap. They go and buy a decent striker. You've got these players who are... Well, Morecambe's <clears throat> whole season now depends on whether they can keep hold of Stockton, who is yep. Joe Average in my opinion anyway. Fleetwood yep. are struggling. They go and buy a decent striker. The challenge is, is that we, all of these teams, you're right, Mark, that they're not as good as us, but they're better, they're better than they were in, in, in August because they're strengthened and we haven't. So the challenge is all of these teams below us have got a season pro. They all had money. Well, they, that's fine, but whether, that's fine, but that doesn't detract. Now we've got money. No, that's the thing. Before we had, no, but I mean, what, go back a week. Well, actually, go back three days before yeah. we sold Oli Palmer for 300000 yeah, we had no money. Everybody but knew it. But that doesn't detract from the fact that there's four teams that are now not worse than us. The question was whether we've got four teams who are still worse than us. Well, I don't think they are now when they're investing and we're I not. I still do think that they are because their defences are problem very is, problem is, Mark, problem is, do we have money though? That's the thing. Are we going to invest this 300 grand into the playing squad or does it have to go back onto the stadium? No, That's the thing I, that we I don't think, know. Anymore. I think we'll, we'll have a chunk of it. I don't think we'll have the whole full 300,000, which is fine yeah, by me, actually. Yeah. No, I, I agree that I don't think we should spend the whole 300 grand, but I, do, I, I don't think we'll be seeing a perm striker coming in. I think it'd be a lone striker. But let's go on to the football committee. Let's go on. One thing I do like to say is we wish Oli Palmer the best. I said, yeah. it, it, unfortunately, it, it hasn't worked out for him at Wimbledon. I don't think he uh, it worked out as well. And I think he'd probably admit that. It probably His injuries let him down. And I wish he was he was a better player for us. But since Christmas, he's been rubbish. But I do wish him the best at Wrexham. But the football and committee... And he scored on his debut. Yeah, I know. It was always going to be... Well, you could put a bet on that. But, yeah, but you know what? He's down in non-league, so... Yeah, he's not going to haunt us till next season. 
but, but let's let's go on to the football committee. Uh, are the football committee have they done a good job this season? Are they doing a good job? Yes or no? Both. Are they doing? Have they done a good job this season? And are they doing a good job currently? Yes. Right. The reason being is that it's, the, the, the committee has got to be bigger than just the guys who play on the pitch and that sort of stuff. I don't know, to be honest with you, to be blunt, I don't know the full ins and outs. Maybe Mark knows more than me about what that, what their what their remit is. But as a football club, I think that we as a football club, from what, obviously a lot of fans, who I'm obviously very much pro-investment, as people know, but obviously for the fans who are very fan-led and fan-improved, the ground will slowly get better. We'll get more and more people in. We've got more and more youth players playing. So from a, a utopian fans centric point of view you'd think it's doing better and and we're still obviously in with the hunt of playing but from a player's point of view if the football committee is the is the the first team um i don't think we're going to see a huge improvement on where we finished this year as opposed to last year which means we've basically stalled um but i don't know i mean what what do the football committee do what's the what's the what what do they do well, they, they generally take over the majority of work from a typical manager's remit. So they, they go along and they find a short list of few players left, right and centre. Then they also kind of determine what kind of, if their personality fits to what the club ethos is. Okay. Then they go over all the number crunching, money ball style, number right. crunching of, is this guy going to be more of an assist striker or is he going to be more of a uh, more of a, a poacher in the box you know uh, fox in the box uh, they do all of that then they go over to mark robinson and say right this is the shortlist shall we go speak to him and then mark robinson goes over and speaks to him does his presentation about what the club's all about etc etc and then you know at the end of the day you just got to hope that that player buys into what's being said and then and then signs on the dotted line. So, with that in mind, Mark, what do you think? What do I think? Yeah, are, are the football committee have they got it right? Have they got it wrong? Are we doing? Are they doing well? Are they not? Well, you can't say whether they're doing it right or wrong. I mean, the, the ethos of the club has been going on. Uh, it's changed drastically from crikey, I would say, from even prior to to Neil Ardley. Neil Ardley. Uh, allegedly never loved the, 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 the uh, youth team players, even though he did give Anthony Hartigan and Will Nightingale their, their um, debuts, uh, which a lot of people seem to forget. And then you look at Wally, um, Wally Downs. He, he did a, a good job by keeping us up by the skin of, his, skin of our teeth and skin of his own teeth. Um, and then it kind of felt as if with Glenn Hodges, it went a little bit backwards in terms of that. Glenn just carried on the ethos that Wally brought down, you know, the defensive style of, of play. And then all of a sudden, Robbo comes in, who is not a manager. And he needs to have that backroom staff in order to create that um, scouting network, for want of a better phrase. <clears throat> Nick Dawes and his book, That Never Existed. That's, that's another story for another time. So whether they have made it, we can't determine after just over half a season whether they've been a success or not, in my opinion. Okay. Um, I think that it's, this has got to be something that's got to be looked at perhaps in a year to a year and a half at least. 
they've only had one transfer window, let's say one and a half transfer windows to get stuff done. Now, all of a sudden, it's a change of play, pace because we've got a bit of financial in, income from a sale of a player so that we can use that money. We'll determine whether that's going to be a success or not again. But the problem is, is January is always an inflated market. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, Lee, what do you think? I totally disagree with both what you've said, really. I think I know it's a long-term strategy and this football committee is going to be long-term and it might work long-term. I think at the moment it's failing it's failing quite badly. I think if you look at all the players that we've brought in in the summer, McCormick, uh, you could say probably the only success with maybe Marsh now, because Marsh hadn't been in the team. It's only the last, what, two, three weeks that you could say, yeah, Marsh has been He was last. injured before that. Yeah, but it, that doesn't matter. We're talking about if the, if he if he was playing games and you want people that are going to... Even McCormick, I don't think he's, he's probably playing his, be, his best game that he'd like to, he'd probably say himself. But I think out of the, the loans... I don't think any of them have been successful. I think Presley, Presley should have gone back. Lawrence probably will go back. Mabudi's been nowhere near. I know he's had personal problems again, and that's something that the committee can't, you can't think, but I just don't see how any of our signings other than McCormick have worked this season. Again, I'll put Marsh in that bracket now as well, but I don't think you can, it's literally pound land money ball that we're working with at the moment. I'd love to know what kind of but stats. that's what we got. That's what yeah, we've but, got to fair. But that's yeah. what but why have we changed our ethos so much when we've we talked about our loans before? Because of the, and de our the debt that the stadium has put us under. That's the difference. The stadium, Plough Lane, has created such an enormous financial burden on every aspect of the club that you know so many people are not going to take into consideration just how shafted we have put ourselves in. And I don't get me wrong, I Absolutely, I really want to set foot in Plough Lane. I really want to go there. It was I invested into the bond. I invested into Cedars. I've done a lot of helping as much as I possibly can financially to get that done because it is an absolute dream. But what people tend to not really see that far is that the, the amount of pressure that we put on ourselves just to, for want of a better phrase, go home. When we had a stadium in, in, in Kings Meadow, which we could have expanded, oh, no it was being it was an avenue that was being looked at. But my point is, yeah, is that which was a totally wrong avenue that we just never gone down and we're glad we never look, did. Look, 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 I'm not agreeing with it. Don't get me wrong. But my point is, is that this stadium and with the delay and, and you know, the extra uh, costs that came to actually ended up costing considerably more than we all expected it to. And that has created this situation that we're in right now. I, I, and actually, I've got to give credit. Credit's got to be given to credit due um, that to the people who are trying to work within the constraints that we are in because of that dream that we have achieved. No, I totally get it. And I, I totally get what you're saying regarding the stadium and the debt. And this would probably be another podcast and maybe the investment is needed then. And maybe we should be looking at, if we, we can't afford it, we might have to get investors to come in and we might have to sell a larger chunk than we like to, to own the club because we've got Plough Lane now. We are home, as you said, Mark. The King's Meadow route should never have been looked at. It should have been thrown out. I know Eric was a, a staunch supporter of staying at King's Meadow. Uh, yeah. As much as I love Eric, I, I, I disagree with him totally on that we had to had to look at plow lane king's meadow was never good enough it weren't even in in wimbledon it weren't even in merton uh it was never a route that we were ever going to go down 
uh, going back to the football committee, as I said, the loans have not been good enough at the moment. And, and Mark Robinson has to take a little bit of a ownership on this because we've got loans coming in and they're not playing. As we've, me and Danny said earlier, if, you, if your loans are That's coming That's down in, to the player though, no? No, I don't know if that... I, I, I you're telling me a, Henry Lawrence is, 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 is worse than Nesta and Shea? I think there's something going on right now because obviously he would be getting a look in. He would certainly be coming. He, off the he's bench injured now. He's, he's got a hamstring injury. He's out. For, like I'm not being real. Presley's out for what four to six weeks. Send him back to Brentwood then. Why are we? Why are we waiting for him to come back in? Like It'd be better if you sent him to Brentford because Brentwood yeah, Brentford, is not Brentwood. Yeah, Brentwood. <laughs> <laughs> Brentwood. You send, send him to Brentwood. I mean, that would be an interesting love it in Brentwood, but career for him. Come back with a tattoo. <laughs> One of my mates made a good point today and said, are we not sending these players back because we don't want to uh, mess up our relationships that we built with Chelsea and Brentford? And that's why they're not going back. But I just think, how, how has Terry not, not come on sooner? Like 80th minute and stuff like that. We're not, I just don't, I'd love to, I'd, I'd love to go in and see what Will Daniels, uh, Joe Palmer are looking at what, and, and have a look at it and say, right, actually, yeah, you're, you're, you're working on peanuts. I can see why we're going down this line. But I'm not, ha- like Marcus Fultz was nowhere. He, he was, Brentford under 23 player we got him do you know what I mean Presley's obviously not I know I know what you said earlier Mark about are we our expectations because of what we've had I previously I think that's the case but we've every year as Danny said again we've always had a talisman striker and this is the first year that we've never gone out and had one and I don't think Palmer was ever going to be that talisman striker I don't think they hoped anymore. he would be yeah but that's what I mean that's where it's a failure again I think it's also quite tricky with the with the committee in, in terms of I think you're what you're what you're trying to say, Lee, is is correct in terms of objectively you look at the players, they're not good enough. At the same time, though, we've got absolutely no idea what what possible players are out there that we could have picked. And perhaps they've picked the absolute best. five very, very best players that are available on the budget with the relations they've got. And if that is the case, then fine. It's just I think the, the, the umbrage I've slightly got with the Ramsdale stuff and all these players around are inflated ideas about loan players. I just want a loan player. I don't expect them to be Ramsdale or Fours. I just expect a loan player to be able to come into our club and benefit the team and the space. And out of all of the loan players, I don't think there's a single one who I could say, apart from Lawrence early season, <clears throat> who's coming and would actually add value to the team. Or the squad. I just I don't see where Presley's going to offer it. I don't see Mabude. I don't see a Blood if we've not seen him. The Lithuanian guy. No idea. Tomas' <laughs> name is. <clears throat> where he's from. I just I don't think that we've got. I think we've taken a big gamble on the fact that we haven't got a lot of money. We've obviously gone lower down. Sorry, one set, Lee. One yep, yep, gone lower down in terms of the age bracket. For I think Fords was a fraction older than probably a Presley. Um, and we've kind of gone right. We're going to pick the five best under 19s, and naturally. All of the, the the committee, Robbo, because they've got no money, they have to harp on that. We've decided that our culture's got to be young and hungry. When actually, it's not really a choice. It's this is what we've got. We've got no money. This is what you're going to play with, and that's it. And I don't think it's an active choice. I think it's just as Mark said earlier. We've just got nothing. We've got no money. So if you've got no money, you've got to beg, you've got to borrow, or you've got to put up with the with what we've got. And we've just unfortunately, while we're in this position, we are going to be outbid and out. But frankly, busted about by all the teams in League Two and potentially some in, in the in the conference. And we're now not really a League One club, apart from playing. We're, we're actually now sliding down into the middle of League Two finance-wise, and that's 
that's a real concern that I think the moment we do slip down, I can't see us. I can't see us recovering to be honest with you, which is the reason why the whole Palmer debate I was I was a bit unsure of. No, I get and and, and the three points I've got with regards to this before I let Mark finish with it. I I think that the the loans the loans always have to come in and have to be better than what you've already got. Because what's the, like we don't you could you can't get loans in just to have your squad numbers, just to have them on the bench and stuff like that. They need to be coming in and taking the places. And also I'm guessing these teams wanted them to come in and play games. They want yeah. them to develop a Wimbledon, and that's what Mark said. The whole culture thing really does annoy me because we're so scared of being Wimbledon. We're so scared of going back to what we were and, and the crazy game days, which we I know you can't go around just headbutting people and knocking people out anymore, which I, 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 don't, I don't agree with when we go up to MK. I think we should be allowed to do that, whatever. But with games, like again, like we spoke about earlier with the Burton goal, you foul him, you take him down, that's Wimbledon, you take the book in. We don't, we're so scared of being Wimbledon, we have to go totally away from it, this young and hungry. Fine. That's why I love ourselves so much. And that's why I don't ever, will ever give probably a sell much that I'll probably say he ain't been good or in a game where I think he's dipped, but he actually cares. He actually, you watch him, he actually has that little bit about him, that little bit of bastard that you want in a player. And we're so scared of that. It really does annoy me that we've gone away from that. And I think the f- football committee, as I said, I, looking at it as we do, Dan, we're just fans. We don't know the ins and outs. And that's why most course, fans across the country, yeah. Chelsea fans, Man U, Newcastle fans now will be going, why don't they go out and get Lewandowski? And people don't understand how transfer windows work. And January is a hard transfer window to get over the line because you've got a thousand players that you're getting pushed on you trying to pick the best one. But we've been told previously that we had plans in place if our players were to be sold. So I'm hoping now that this next signing, this striker signing that we need now is make or break for our season. You're going to be so disappointed, I'm afraid, because from what I've heard is that we've signed a left-back. Oh, yeah, we are signing a left-back as well. Left-back's completed. That's a done deal. Yeah. So we needed a striker and we got a left-back. But we're getting a striker as well. To be fair, to be fair, the left-back has scored quite a few goals against us. So, you know, shove him up front. For all I care, but Mark, we are where the bloody net is. We're getting an experienced, brilliant left back and a striker as well. So, are we getting a striker as well, though? We have to get if we don't get a striker, oh, no, we, we have go to, down. But are we actually going to? I, I believe we are. We are we just get... I'm on the understanding that there's there's two people in the frame to, to, that we've we've marked down. Okay, I'm on the understanding of one player, and I'm not happy about that at all because he's a free agent and he's not match fit. Which means it's going to be another three weeks until we bloody well see him on the pitch. Well, who, who's the player? Who's the player you heard? Can you? Because I've I've heard the, the one. If we move, we'll move on from the football committee, then we'll go on to the rumours that we've heard. The one rumour I've heard, and this could be absolute. This come from a source from someone just being in the gym and Robbo being in there. <laughs> and these uh, bad stories from Megaloof. Yeah. So it's the ex Sutton striker that was a uh, uh, Sutton. He went to commentary. He's at Dundee United at the moment. He played three games. Uh, Maximir Biomu, yeah. he's one that we've been looking at. Uh, another one that unfortunately went to Hearts today was Sims. Okay. I was at Blackpool. That was the other one that we were rumoured to be looking at, which I'd, I'd take, I don't know about me at Biomu coming in. He was brilliant at Sutton, but that's a lower level. He didn't really cut it at commentary. And he's done nothing at Dundee and he's only just signed for Dundee. So I can't, unless they want to get rid of him straight away. I know Mark. that we were very interested in Marquise. Um, yep. 
but the problem was was that the the transfer for Oli to move to Wrexham just took too long, and by then Mark Greaves had gone to Lincoln. Yep. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the guy. He's a free agent. Uh, give me a second. I'll find it. Carol? I just I, I can't. I don't. I don't, no. I don't I'm I'm not overly sure who who we, we can we can again without the budget knowing. I don't know how much the the left back from Pompey's going to cost. I don't know or whether I presume that's a. Short, I know he's not going to sign a contract at the end of the season, so uh, I presume that's going to be a short loan until the end of the season. Then we'll have a look at it. No, I think it's a permanent deal, Dan. I think Portsmouth are getting rid of all their players that have got six months or left on their contract. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, uh, so they're getting they're releasing a lot of their players who are lost, like they'll they'll just cut their they rip up their contracts. That's well, what we're, I'm, we're, I'm he's not going to sign it. We're not going to get him for an eighteen month deal. Surely it'll be a six month with a, with an option too. I think we'll get him on a, a 12 month at least. My only worry about him coming in and signing is that he's injury prone. Well, do you, well if you give you sign Jerome him, Sinclair, sorry who? guys, Jerome, oh, Jerome Sinclair. I'll take yeah, Jerome, Sin- I'll take Jerome Sinclair tomorrow, mate. Really? He's he is un- match fit. He's unbelievable. Yeah, but what you're telling me a professional footballer that's been at Liverpool and stuff like that is not going to keep himself fit. He'd walk into our side tomorrow. No, there's, there's a difference between being fit, fit and, being and match, match fit. fit. But he'll right. come in and play 60, 70 minutes and still be better than any one of our strikers. Jerome Sinclair is an unbelievable footballer. If we have any but chance... My, of don't, 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 don't get me wrong. I would take him in a heartbeat if he was match fit. My, my, my worry is, is that it's going to be one of those where we'll get a, load, uh, get a signing in. And unfortunately, he's just not going to be match fit enough. So it's going to take two, three games time before he actually starts hitting. By then... If we go by your doom and gloom from what's going on about the whole season coming up, we're going to be stuck in the shit. We're not going to get ourselves out of it. I, I take Jerome. He's not the striker that I think we need at the moment. We need a Palmer replacement. We need a big bastard who's going to be a bit of a yeah, bastard, really, who's going to come in and put himself about, uh, link up with McCormick, link up with uh, Assal, Rudy, Eltel, people like that. That's what we need. We need someone with a bit of experience. I ha- again, you could be. I've heard we are signing someone who's played up to a hundred games of professional football. The match fitness stuff don't really bother me too much. Regards someone like Jerome Sinclair. If we can sign him, then I think he's quality. I think he. Where did he go? And he done really well. But I know he has struggled lately. Dan, you hearing any rumours on the great Ryan? Or no, not not really. The only ones that you always sort of fly around is the guy who was on loan at Sutton from Millwall, who always Olu for whatever his name is, he always pops up. To be honest, I think it's also not just about the quality of him up front. I think we, the personality as well. Palmer was quite, from what I understood, I don't know if he was super well liked by the players or not. I don't know, um, but we are we're going to need a big personality with a bit of experience. And I guess the other question is, if the left back comes in, does that mean that we lose one? Do we lose Guinness Walker? Maybe possibly that maybe three left backs now. Maybe we've uh, offered a contract to Jerome Sinclair. We've signed a left back, and we might get a big beast in as well if we're if we're getting rid of one one other because we have got the money now. Jerome Sinclair might be coming on, not a great deal. Do you know what I mean? He might be coming on six, as you said, Dan, until the end of the season, and we'll go from there and see. Mark, if, if we he... get a left back in, are you getting rid of Guinness Walker? Or I mean, I presume he's the one that you would get rid of. Uh, Paul Osu's Paul Osu's now a right back. This, uh... Oh, right so, back. Um, yeah, so we've got we've got one left back really, um, okay. and that's Guinness Walker. I think I don't know. I think he gets he gets a lot of stick. That guy, he is the new Franken. Um, <laughs> he is. That's a very very good analogy. He's I, I feel very sorry for him because actually, 
in the first half, he he did some fantastic little runs, fantastic little flicks, fantastic passes, and yet he's solely to blame for the, the, the loss against Ipswich because he couldn't defend when he was left hung out to dry, basically, against two attackers, in my opinion. I so he is, the, he is the new Franklin, unfortunately. I think if we got ourselves a more experienced left back that we... I mean, come on. I mean, should we name him? Because everyone knows it. Yeah, go for it. Well, well I don't Lee know. Bra- I, I don't know Lee if Dylan's done from, yet. Yeah, but apparently it's, it's Lee Brown from, from Portsmouth. Now, that guy, he's insanely talented. He's an excellent professional. And all he can do is up Guinness Walker's game. Whether that's going to be actually enough for all the, the monkeys to get off his back, I don't know. But I, I, think, I think Guinness Walker is being hung out to drive far too many times. I feel yeah. very sorry for the guy. The only problem I have with Brown coming in is that he is injury prone. Apparently his hamstrings are ready to snap at any minute. He suffered with injuries. He's 31. We don't, we don't want a player coming in injury prone. I, I kind of disagree. I like Nesta. His dad's been on away days with us and he's a really good man. I just don't think Nesta's good enough for League One. I don't think he's anywhere near it. And uh, unfortunately, he was at fault for both of the goals against Ipswich. Everyone uh, said the same about Toby Sibick before he moved to, to Barnsley. I still don't think Toby Sibick's good enough either. I agree. I'm not big on him. Uh... Didn't think Toby Sibick was good enough when he I left. I thought he for... was phenomenal at, at Barnsley uh, last season. Yeah, he's he been good for He's been good for Barnsley, but he wasn't very good for Wimbledon. Yeah, uh, but, that, but that's the point. It's that at the point when when uh, Civic left, he was a young kid. Nesta Guinness-Walker is a young kid. They can go on to other clubs that can offer them the, the, the ability to build and become a much better player with better coaches, better... I'm not saying that, that Mark Robinson and his team aren't good coaches, don't get me wrong, but they would have more of an infrastructure to work into to become the better player, a la Toby Civic. But Barnsley didn't do that to Toby Civic straight away. They thought he was awful at one point and got rid of him and then sent him to Belgium to the second division. They sent him on loan over to to, uh, Belgium, Belgium, to Ostender. Yeah, Yeah, to the second division in Belgium because they didn't rate him for the manager at the time. First division in Belgium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they didn't. And the guy who was managing Barnsley did not rate him and sent him on loan. And then he went to Hearts, went back to work under Stendhal, and managed to find his 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 uh, his um, was it Hearts? Yeah, it was Hearts. Yeah, it was Hearts. Um, yeah. You know, and, and worked under Stendhal again, and managed to find his mojo again, and, and then built it from there, and then went back to Barnsley and basically told the manager, "Watch this, mate." And if that's not the best two-fingered salute that ever has existed, I don't know what is. But he, so, you know, there I are so many players out there. There are so many bloody players out there Mark, that have, I, got, I, have got the possibility of becoming world-class and just do not live to their potential. I mean, look at, look at let's go back at Juan uh, uh, Veron, you know, who went to Chelsea after Man U. Look at, look at, um, uh, crikey, the striker for, for uh, who used to play for Inter Milan now plays for Chelsea. Um, the, the Lukaku, yeah, look at him. They're not hitting. It's so many players out there, and all we're doing is looking yeah, at, at our woes. I don't know. I think, yeah, but as, as Wimbledon much. fans, we're only ever going to look at our woes. I don't care how uh, one. Yeah, but we don't look at our positives, do we? But uh, we, we, we always try and nitpick. We always try and 
But you're Cheers talking about a positive as Toby Civic is doing well at Barnsley. It's we have 300,000 in the bank for someone who isn't worth 300,000. Okay. I'm taking your words. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, give us, I mean, I'm genuinely curious right now. You're, Jack you're Rudoni is sounds excellent. Superb. Give us what He's we've doing got. brilliantly. Jack Rudoni is doing brilliantly. Marcel's doing very good, even though he's hot and cold in some games, but at least Agreed. he shows that he gives a shit. Nick Zanev has got to be actually one of the best goalkeepers in our division. Agreed. No and we, questions asked. And we said if he if he was out, we'd be screwed. We said that. Hennigan, Hennigan's been solid. Yeah. He has. He's had a couple of mistakes in him when he should have maybe hoofed the ball into Rosie. Instead, he's passed it back, caused problems. Okay. But that's what happens in League One. Then we've got Nightingale, who can really perform in the big games. There's no questions asked. But when he's injured, everyone did not rate Shoka. Yet Shoka has seriously turned around and actually given us, the fans, the two-fingered salutes. He's done really, really well. Paul Osu had to go from left back to a right back. In his first game that he played right back, everyone sat up and went, Hello, what's this all about? He's supposed to be a left-back player, but he's done really well slotting in on a right-back. So we got that. We got Anthony Hartigan, who's come out of nowhere all of a sudden, you know, when he was shoved out on loan again to Newport last season. He's come out of his element and he's become one of the most consistent players that we've got on the, in, on the pitch at any given time. And he's formed a great relationship with our new captain, Woodyard, who is also putting in a shift. He is, he's here, he's here, he's here, he's there, he's every fucking where. Alex Woodyard, right? You can't disagree. So, you know, these are the positives that I'm putting down. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying them. All right. The only thing that we're missing is that final, that, that, that person who can stick the ball into the back of the net. And if we find that solution, then there's no reason for us to be on the case all the time anymore. That's my take of it. No, and again, I agree with pretty much everything you said there. I don't think we or anyone else can really go against that. I think, as you said, Alex Woodyard, captain, has been brilliant this season. I just think we're missing a little bit of the Wimbledon way. That's all I think we're missing. I think that's what we say quite a lot. But, boys, I think we're going to have to wrap that piece up. Uh, and, and Sorry about can, the rant. That's fine. <laughs> no, no, when it's we... good. Like I said, I think it's important to, at times, we can we can get, you know, when you've got, sorry, Lee, when you've got seven or eight games, you've scored one goal and we've looked, Pathetic in three games. We're slowly getting better. It's good to get someone to be so optimistic. I, I don't quite share it, but I, I'm absolutely appreciating it 100%. When it sings, it's bloody harmony. When it's slightly out of tune, all you can do is hear that wrong little note. That's football for you. Isn't it just? Right, when we move on, we're going to come back and we're going to preview the big game Saturday and Tuesday, Shrewsbury and Cheltenham. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. Right, we're back and we're going to be discussing the weekend game against Shrewsbury and the Tuesday night game against Cheltenham. Two absolutely massive six pointers coming up, boys. I think we need, I think, at least four points from the two, but I think we're going to have to have six. I think these two games hinge on who we sign in the window and I hope we get it over the line before Saturday because I think they need to come in straight away. Uh, Shrewsbury, I, I, we were talking about earlier, Mark, about formations. Uh, if it was me and I was manager of ASC Wimbledon, I'd be bringing in 3-5-2. 
Uh, and I'll tell you why. This is my team for a free 5 2 at Wimbledon at the moment. You really want to roll me up, don't you? Right. I'd go Ben Hennigan, Will Nightingale, Dan Soko. I'd go new left back. If we haven't got a new left back, you go Nesta. Right back, you go Paul Osso. And then in the middle of the park, you go George Marsh, Rudy, Cormick. And then up front, you go Cosgrave and uh, Terry Adelada. I think that's got goals in it. I think we'll defend well. I, I think we're at the moment, as I said earlier, soccer's in form, Will's in form, Ben's in form. I think we've got, we'll, we'll cause trouble from set pieces. I don't, I, I just think that's our best. And you have to have two up front at the moment. 4 2 2 2 don't work. It's not enough whip. Uh, and 4 2 3 1, we're not scoring goals. Sorry, boys. Have your say. No Hartigan, no Asal, no. Hartigan, I don't think, but fully fit yet. He's just come oh. back from uh, what a couple of weeks out, a couple of games out. He can be on the bench. And Asal, I, I love Asal. As I said earlier, I, I, I won't ever criticise Asal unless I think he's really had a bad game. But I think he's better off coming off the bench at the moment. Dan, look at Burton. He changed the game against Burton. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think first half, first half against uh, Ipswich, I thought he was poor and he was lucky not to be dragged. I'd have him coming off the bench for Rudy or McCormick or. You know, I bad on Chislett as well because I thought Chislett was brilliant the other day. But yeah, I, I'd have him off. I'm not anti win backs. I mean, I know the whole Glenn Hodges era was like, for many people, was the nail in the coffin in that formation. I think with a, a new manager, a new style, I don't, I'm not against it. But uh, as we said before, Lee, we, we can't just keep doing the same stuff as we've been doing for a while. And ultimately, one goal in seven games, we, whatever happens, we've got to try and score a goal. We have to just score some goals and we've got to get some points because all it's going to take is losing to Shrewsbury and they leave us and then we're now with six points behind them. Morecambe are catching us up. We've just got to find a way to, to get some goals in the team and how we do that without a newer striker and with what we've got, I think that's... I don't see what else we can do, really. Agreed. Problem with the your... Five three two thing is is the wing three, back five, side. Two. It's a five three two. Let's be realistic. It's a free. It's not a five three two, mate. It's three five two. Five three two. They're wing backs. They stay back. So anyway, um, the, <laughs> the point is is those wing backs need to cross the ball into the middle, and you need to have a six foot five lump who's going to get his head on the ball. You know, honestly, if you want to have more success, I've always, always been a fan of the Christmas tree formation, but that's still, you know, stemming back from the 1980s total football of the Netherlands. Or you look at um, 4-3-3. I think 4-3-3 would be very interesting, especially with the quality that we've got. Um, I, you know, I, you could... Go on. I don't mind 4-3-3, but who's your 4-3-3? But I, you, who's your four at first? Uh, so at the moment we've got no other real choice but to have Shoker and uh, Hennigan in defence, unless Will's fit. And I feel very sorry for Shoker because he deserves his place. He's, yeah, I'll he's, he's done some great performances. Um, uh, Osu and Guinness Walker as the the left and right backs then in the 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 three midfield i would have um hartigan if he's fit but 
he's well, I'd say he's probably going to maybe be knocking on the door by Saturday. So Hartigan, Marsh, and McCormick, and then up front I'd have Rudy on the right because he's a left footer and he can cut in and take a shot. I'd have uh, as a central attacker. I would honestly say give a, a, a Terry a, a shot ahead of uh, Cosgrave. And who would be on the left? It would be interesting to see SL. You know, he, he tends to play more on the right, but I think if you switch them up between him and, and Rudy, it would be a very, very interesting match to watch. You know, that chess game suddenly starts to bring so, him to play. So your 4 3 3 becomes a 4 2 3 1 4 5 1. Pretty much because you've got two defensive midfielders in Hartigan and Marsh. They'll come deep. If you're playing a Sal and Rudy up front, them two are both going to drift wide. Well, you don't want so, them up all the time, do you? No, but you, you don't you, want you don't want you, your midfield over the halfway line all the time, do you? you you're talk, I'm talking about Rudy and a Sal, and Rudy and a Sal are going to oh. drop, they're going to come deep, and you're going to leave Terry isolated up front on his own. And then we're back but to that's square part one of the four, with four three three. Yeah, but we're, that we're, is part we're isolating of the four, three, three. Terry again, and he's up front on his own totally. Yeah, but the thing is, well, actually, let's go. Let's be realistic here. The, the, the issue that that actually thrives on this is that there's still this tendency for us to play hoof ball. Up, just clear the lines, hoof it up to the to the striker. When we did this, even with when Lyle was around, and, it was like, and, and Joe Piggott, they aren't your 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 uh, centre forward that's going to necessarily hold the ball up really well for the other attackers to suddenly bring up in, in, and, and give give uh, support. Although nowadays that's a bit of a different thing because um, Asal's got the pace to, to run from our box to the opposition's box in the space of no time. Yeah, but this is why my 3-5-2 would work better because we're getting more balls into the players that we need them. We're getting them. I think yours is, unfortunately, Mark, it's more defensive than, than I'd like to see. Danny, what, what are you saying? You don't have a 3-5-2, though. You've got a 5-3-2. No, it's Fair. a 3-5-2, 3-5-2. Sorry, who, who, who's, who's, who are the, out, the wide people in the five? Osu and uh, new left-back, Ornesta. Okay, so they are te- they are defenders, right? Well, yeah, but they get Yeah, so and... there's a 5-3-2. No, so anyway, carry it's on. It's 3-5-2. Dan? I'm just playing two up front. I don't care anyone else. <laughs> Christmas trees, wing backs. We need to play two up front, and and just be a bit more aggressive. And I think the reason why I'd probably pick a blood is he looks a, lo- a little bit quicker than Cosgrave. And he, I think we could, we could, we can play in and behind, and Cosgrave could come short, maybe perhaps. I just feel that we've got, we can't, we cannot. Or to be honest, all I want on Saturday is just to attack, just get right at them, hustle them, bustle them, and be on the offensive. If we leave ourselves back and they come and then Selavi, we've got to score some goals. For me, it's like go and score me goals, and we'll see where the world takes us. Dan, you I said Terry, Terry Blade. Who, who is he up front with Cosgrove? Yeah, well, we haven't got yeah. another forward to be honest with you. So, them yeah. two will play. Asal would be on the bench. He'd come on. I if if um, I think Chislet gets another run out. I think he was actually quite good, like you said. So I would probably play Chislet on one side, and I would play Radoni on the other side. Um, McCormick will play in with um, with Marsh. I'd give Hartig another breather, play the back four that you've got, and and I'll just say I, I would I, I felt that we played better in the second half than the first, and we actually looked like a genuine threat when we put the ball behind and the blood chased it, 
we looked a lot more offensive. And I just feel like if we've got this guy, we've not seen him, you've got to play him. So ultimately, let's at least know where we're at and whether we're wasting our time or not. No, I agree. I agree. And I, the thing I've got with Hartigan at the moment is that he's had a good season. It, unfortunately, he got injured. But we're talking about creating goals and being creative. I don't see Hartigan as this creative player that everyone else... He ain't no McCormick. He ain't no Astro. He's no Rudy. He, he, he goes sideways. He goes backwards more than he goes forwards. Uh, and I think we need we need to have more people like McCormick on the pitch, Chislett, who's going to open up people and getting beyond, and we're going to score. Where I, I know Hartigan's balls over the top. I don't think we've really missed him. I think we've looked better, we've looked solid, we've looked better in midfield without Hartigan than we have with him. And I think the one thing I agree with you on, Danny, is that we need to up front. We need to have two, and that's two strikers. Not what Robbo said the other day, where he says we had two up front. We need two actual strikers on that pitch at one time. It's a common known thing that if you were to ask anyone, what do you think the hardest thing in sport is? A lot of people say that it's to hit a 100 mile an hour fastball in baseball, right? A lot of people say that. Yeah. But actually the hardest thing in sport is to tell a coach that their system isn't working in the last third of a match at the World Cup final you know, and they've got to turn the game around to win it, right? That's, I think, the hardest thing in, in, in sport. The issue, though, again, is what I alluded to before, was that this is a marathon, it's not a sprint. It's so easy for us to debate as football fans, oh, wouldn't it be great if we changed the formation to adapt and get another striker in, to support another striker, sorry, to have a four-four-two, for example, or anything like that. That kind of negates all the work that they've done so far in the season by on the training pitch, working at this current formation that they that they're adop- adopting of four two three one. So, you know, it's it, it's a lot of work to scratch that all off and go right. We've got to take a whole new approach. See, not saying that it's not going to work. This it's a big ask. There's two things I disagree with you on. One, the hardest thing in sport is the actual windmill hole on a crazy golf course. It's a nightmare. <laughs> that right? is tough. One right. Brighton is yeah. a shot. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're right. You're right. Especially you're with right. the wind by the sea. Uh, and the second a professional time, sport. Second time is that these are professional footballers who should be able to play in any formation that we decide on a match day. It doesn't matter if you go 3 5 2, 4 3 3, 4 2 2 2. They're professional footballers who, who must, they, they, they work every day at a training ground. They must be able to switch formations at any time. And the one thing that Robbo said is, obviously, he doesn't want a plan B because his plan A should just be working well. Unfortunately, at the moment, the plan A isn't working. He's becoming quite stubborn with regards to his formation. And this is where Glyn, Wally and Neil Ardley all fell down is because they were too stubborn to change the formation, to change their players, and and it ended up biting them on the arse. And I think any professional footballer should be able to play any formation that the manager tells them and they can change up. Do you think Pep Guardiola only has one formation? Klopp only has one formation? No, they have three or four different formations and they'll play them in a game. Peterborough did it to us last year and that's what uh, Robbo said. He alluded to on a podcast that they, they changed the game in the second half because they changed their formation three times in the second half. Three times in, in a 45-minute period, they changed their formation. 
if the best teams in the world could change your formation, change your left back and right back, the left and right midfield, and we should be able to do that as professional footballers. And it ain't about budgets, it's about them being professional footballers. Right, boys. Doesn't, doesn't football suck? Sometimes. When you when you come on here and listen to us droning on, it does. <laughs> <laughs> right, boys, what do we, prediction-wise, where are we going? 2-1, two, 2-1. One, two, one. two wins on the bounce. To us, got, yeah? Got to be positive. We, 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 we haven't got a choice, really. If we don't, then we're in a world of trouble. We lose to Shrewsbury, we get six points cut adrift from them, and we lose to Cheltenham, we'll be six points cut adrift from them. And I don't think, I don't think we can afford that. I think we've had enough of it in terms of playing the way that we've played. We'll get the left back in hopefully tomorrow. If we've got us forward, then great. If we haven't, it's one last chance for two younger players who are up front can have a go. I'm with Mark. I think if Wimbledon play at their optimum level, he's right, completely right. We have got there are four worse teams than us, without doubt. If we play at our level at our maximum. Whether we're going to be able to do that with the personnel, I don't know. But I'm going to, as I've said before, I'm going to back the manager, I'm going to back the process, and I'm going to say it's going to be one on Saturday and 2-1 on Tuesday. And the, the podcast next week will be on a slightly different, shall we say. Mark, your prediction? I, I'm, I'm, I like that speech. Thank I'm you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to note that speech down. I'm going to copy it word for word and get done for plagiarism. I'm a teacher. I, I would do you for that as well. Okay, nice. <laughs> You're a PE teacher. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He's going to do me. So you have to collect all the cones. Right. Something for me yeah. to really look forward to. Right. <laughs> right, your prediction. Um, uh, I think 1-0, one 1-0 nil, one nil actually. Um, oh, okay, that's I, good. It would be very... We can't, you're right, we can't get cut adrift. Um, I think, I think after the Ipswich game, I gave a quick summary to us. Energy was good, passing was good, just missed that striker. So I think over the next few days on the training pitch, I think uh, Terry and Cosgrove are going to be being drilled hard on, on, on just finishing and taking shots. The goalkeepers that we've got coming up against, they aren't the best in the world. Let's take some long shots. Bloody well, just have Sog, right? Have a shot on goal. Um, just just shoot it at the... One will go in eventually. Right. Well, right. So you boy, I've, I think the, the game's all hinge on if we get a striker in. I think Shrewsbury, I think, will be a draw. I'm going to say one all if we don't get a striker in. If we get a striker in who's decent, we might win that, I think, 3-2. I think I'm going to go one all because I don't think we'll get a striker in in time. I think uh, Cheltenham will win. Uh, last time we played them, we battered them in the cup, didn't we? They weren't that oh, good. We, we, we did batter them and then we took all our players off and they came right back at us. Yeah, but I think we'll beat them. I think we'll draw and then we'll beat, we'll, we'll surprise everyone and we'll just we'll smash Cheltenham 3-0. That's it, oh. done. And we'll, we'll be back. But I still think at the moment, Unfortunately, we are getting relegated, but I hope that's not true. But no, I'm back. I'm, I'm with Mark. I think. I think. Although I hate to, not not. I'm more than happy to agree with him. I think. I do think there are four worst teams. I just think it's a bit of a. We're just working to another season of treading water, which is a shame because at the start of the season we felt that we we would see some progress. Maybe 
this year was all about bedding these old these younger players in to see where they kick off next year. Yeah, Jesus, I think I next mean, year is going to be amazing. Well, let's hope let, let's if we can keep hold of the players, let's hope you're right, mate. Absolutely. Well, in League Two, we should start winning games, so you hope so. Oh, right, wow. boys, it's been an absolute pleasure, Mark. Thanks very much for joining us, Danny. Thanks for having me. Get some sleep or have a Snickers. I'm going now to get some sleep. All right. Thank you very much. See you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Wombles Dream and on Facebook at the Wombles Had a Dream. Get involved. By the fans, for the fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.